Hey, y'all. My name is Whitney, and you are now listening to the Million Dollar Mind podcast. I hope you enjoy. And let's be clear. It's Seasoned is more than just a seasoning company. And even though our seasoning blends do not treat hypertension, research does show that individuals can improve their blood pressure levels when they exercise regularly, eat healthy, and reduce sodium in their diets. And that's where we come in. We provide individuals with low-sodium, bold-flavored seasoning blends. No MSG, no GMOs, no artificial flavors, preservatives, or dyes. Because here at Seasoned, it's seasoned with your health in mind. What's going on, millionaires? You're listening to the Million Dollar Mind podcast, episode 173, on getting your products in front of more people. So I'm super excited to have this conversation. We have my friend Whitney Frederick from, man, I've known Whitney since high school. And, you know, I've just been kind of following her journey, seeing what she's doing. And you guys are going to find Whitney to be amazing, uh, especially all the things that she has going on, all the things that she's teaching herself, you know, continuously learning. It's definitely some information and some advice that we could all use and just a refresh that we can all use. So Whitney is the founder of It's Season. Yes, a black owned season and spice brand, uh, you know, based in the Philadelphia area. But you can find her products, you know, anywhere, especially online. She's, again, a Philadelphia native and celebrating recently getting uh, It's Season inside you know, a brick and mortar. And I'm sure we're going to talk about that more, Whitney, about, you know, how that that journey has been for you and how you even got it season inside the mall um, and what other, you know, uh, spots that you can be found as well. Um, but I want to just pass the mic off to you to kind of tell our listeners a little bit more about you uh, and what they can expect from today's episode. Okay. All right. Good morning, Kai. I just want to say thank you so much for having me on your podcast. I am honored to be here. Um, But like Kai said, my name is Whitney Frederick. I am the CEO and founder of It's Seasoned, um, and that is what I do after my nine to five. In my nine to five, I am a scientist. Um, But in addition to that, I am a lifelong learner. Um, I enjoy learning. I enjoy researching. um, And I'm also interested in like investing and um, just finding ways to better myself. So, yeah. Awesome. Awesome. I, I love to hear. It. And I, the the one thing that you said, Whitney, that, that stuck out to me was being a lifelong learner. I think that that is super important. Always having the mindset of what can I learn? What can I be doing differently? Um, what can I be, you know, what can I, how can I challenge myself uh, in this different light or, you know, just asking yourself those critical questions is super super, super important. And I'm glad to have you. I'm glad to have our millionaires who are tapping in for the first time. If you are joining us for the first time, welcome. All right. Millionaires, entrepreneurs, moguls, philanthropists, managers, even, right. I want to encourage you to purchase my book, Lead from the Front, because it is essential if you want to learn how to be an effective leader, not just for others, but for yourself as well. Learning the tools or the importances, I should say, of accountability, discipline. We have so many resources and tools that are in the book to help you give better feedback, give more genuine feedback, you know, hold yourself to a higher standard and hold others to a higher standard without making them feel like you're the person that tells a lot, 
but doesn't lead by example. And that's what the whole purpose of the book is to lead from the front. So if you haven't already, go check out my book, Lead from the Front. You can find it on my website at www.kaispeaks.com. It'll be right there at the top. For our seasoned vets, no pun intended, <laughs> no pun intended, <laughs> but welcome back to the Million Dollar Mind podcast, the world's most trusted podcast for passion, attraction. You are in the right place if you're here looking for tips and tricks, money-making tips and tricks on just living a more passionate life and, you know, living your dream. So Whitney, let's start off with your experiences. What experiences do you feel like, you know, really helped mold you into the, the person that's joining us today? I would definitely say uh, my childhood molded me into where I am today, more specifically being raised by two Haitian parents. Um, Mm -hmm. My parents were born in Haiti and they um, were raised in Brooklyn, New York. Um, And instead of them having a fairy tale wedding, they decided that they were going to save up money um, and they were going to buy their first house in Philadelphia, which is where I was raised. But one thing that really molded me, I would say, is like my parents were very strict and also um, stressed the importance of education. I always like to say uh, before the whole idea of summer reading came around for schools, my dad had his own thing and he used to make me and my siblings uh, read Hooked on Phonics. Um, Mm. And at first it was annoying because I'm like, I want to go outside and play. My dad was like, you can play, but you got to read this Hooked on Phonics, like answer these questions. And it helped me with like my PSAT scores um, and just be a better test taker. So from a very young age, I was always, always reading, um, learning new things. And that's because my parents, like they laid the foundation and basically um, made it very clear that education was important um, mm-hmm. to make it in this world, but even more so than that, but to be a very hard worker and anything that you're gonna do that you have to do it with pride and be consistent, so yeah. Man, speak on that word consistency. That that word comes up, if not in every every conversation I have, every other conversation I have, it is definitely about consistency. And so, I mean, let's talk about that word a little bit as far as like for for your your journey into you know entrepreneurship. Um, how how did you like? How do you find what methods have been you know easiest for you, or what tricks do you tell your mind? in order for you to kind of stay consistent, even in, you know, those moments where motivation isn't enough, right? Because motivation isn't guaranteed all the time. So how do you stay, you know, consistent in taking the strides and the small steps that you have to take in your business, knowing that it's it's important for the growth? So one thing I like to do a lot is I like to write things down. And I know what my overall goal um, is for my business and for my life in general. So what I like Mm -hmm. to do is make sure that I'm constantly looking at what my goals are. And I know that in order to reach my goals, that there are certain steps that need to be taken. Like sometimes I may not want to post on Instagram, but I know that posting on Instagram is important because if I don't market my company, no one's going to know about my company. So I have to keep in the back of my mind, what is the overarching uh, goal that I'm trying to reach and what is necessary to get there? So if I'm not consistent in doing the steps to get there, then I already know what's going to happen. It's not going to happen. Yeah. So it won't happen if you don't write it down, like writing it down is making it real. I know for me, I tell people all the time, if it's not on my calendar, it most likely won't happen. Right. Like it, it has to be written down somewhere, documented so that we both know it's real. Not just me. So we both know it's real. Cause I've had people forget about, 
you know, conversations, forget about meetings, forget about meetups, you know, just because we didn't put it on the calendar. Um, so, so, so that's interesting. I'm glad to hear about that journey. I'm glad to hear about those experiences, Whitney. And, um, as far as like the test taking and, you know, the, the reading books, how do you feel like that also kind of played a part into just making you not just, a um, uh, uh, all like always learning, having that, that, uh, student mentality, but as far as the application of information, towards what it is that you whether it's the it's season i know we talked a little bit about forex like how has you know you've been open you you being open to like reading and self-education and all these things how have you applied that towards you know other uh, aspects of your life so one thing that i've been consistently reading about now is like the stock market which we discussed um not too long ago um mm-hmm. but i've read a lot of books. I watched a lot of YouTube videos about it, but in order to understand and know that what you're reading is making sense is to try. So what one thing that I did or that I'm currently doing is I've been doing a lot of paper trading um, and basically Mm. trying to apply some of the skill sets that I've learned about through reading um, and seeing if I'm able to execute a trade the way like these seasoned investors are doing. Um, Mm -hmm. and if I am able to come up with a plan, execute the plan and things go well, then I'm like, okay, well then maybe what I read, I actually comprehend the material because I'm able to apply it. If it doesn't go so well, which that happens often too, um, I'm able to go back, um, revisit my notes and see like what, what else is there that I need to learn. But again, like back to the consistency thing, like I have to be consistent. Like if I'm not constantly, um, studying and reading charts and practicing, then it's not going to work. Right. It, it definitely <laughs> won't work if you're not no. being consistent. So what, right. what came first? Was it it season or was it like, you know, you wanting to also dabble in like stocks and, you know, other forms of trading and, and things of that nature? So it seasoned definitely came first. Um, mm-hmm. But even before it seasoned, uh, I'm not sure if I told you, but prior to it seasoned, I was like in college and I wasn't sure, like when it was time for me to graduate, I wasn't sure if I was going to go through with medical school or if I was going to take a gap year and try to figure it out. Mm-hmm. Um, because when I was in college, I got the opportunity to do research and I, fe- I fell in love with like the aspect of research. So I was like, I'm not really sure if I want to be a doctor, but this is, this is what I said I wanted to do. So I decided to take a gap year. A gap year turned into five years of me doing research. And like, I was just like, this is where I want to be. Um, but during that time period, um, I also was still cooking. I mean, I was cooking in college simply because like the food didn't taste that great. Um, mm-hmm. and I was also making my own season and blends in college, but back then it wasn't because, uh, I wanted to make season blends per se. It was just because I wanted the food to taste how my mother and my grandmother's cooking taste. So fast mm-hmm. forward to me working after college, um, and there was a uh, doc- there was something that I read that came up from like CNN. Um, the FDA made a recall on a pharmaceutical drug, um, and it was because of they recalled this drug because of uh, there were traces of a carcinogen, and this drug was used to treat hypertension. And I basically wanted to find a way to help these individuals. Like, how can individuals who have hypertension not have to worry about um, hypertension and stuff like that? Uh, so essentially it's season, it came first, but the idea of like learning about stocks and things like that came second. And that, that, that was something that was recent. That was actually, um, around, uh, when the pandemic hit, because mm-hmm. I started working from home and I had a lot of time. 
Um, and I started seeing a lot of stuff on Instagram, like people trading. And I'm just like, well, what is this? Like I, I had an account, but I didn't really know what the heck I was doing. So, yeah, no, I, I love I love to hear that story, especially <laughs> just like, um, how relatable, you know, the story, especially if you, you know, taking a gap year and then that gap year turning into five years, that is, you know, a lot of people's story, right? That is so relatable um, in so many different ways um, that people could really, you know, pick up just from you making the decision to extend it and to find another lane that just made more sense for you. And um, a part of that, that I love to hear with you was you finding out that you had a love for research right you were very passionate about finding information and diving deep into that information to just know to to have an understanding and even though originally right it might have been towards medical school right like oh, i'm going to use this passion towards med school but you find a way to learn about a pharmaceutical drug that was recalled and was you know supposed to help people with hypertension and then boom it season comes out and now you're like producing, you know, season, season blends that are just better for people and, you know, natural and treating hypertension, which is a huge problem in, in, in our communities. Right. So um, I, I love to hear, love to hear that story. So if you can give people some advice as far as where, where to start and it doesn't matter what industry they're in just kind of like where to start on that researching slash educational piece when people say oh i have this idea but i don't know where to start as far as getting the information how 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 can people find the information they're looking for where should they go youtube google like where's yeah, the starting point for all that because exactly, it's a lot of different places to get information nowadays. That's, that's exactly you said it that's exactly where to go like the first place i went is i went on google how to start a spice company um also on youtube uh but the main place that i literally went to was i went on google and then that brought me to uh the department of agriculture which basically told you all the licensings and the um permits and the business insurance that you need to get when you're starting like a spice company. But let's say you were starting something else. You would literally go on Google um, and figure out how to start and you put in what you're trying to start. Um, another thing that I would say is look at other people who are doing um, what you want to start and see, um, learn from them. I mean, that's also mm -hmm. very important. See what they're doing. Uh, see what ways you can potentially make what they're doing better. Um, yeah, so I would definitely say Google, YouTube, your best friend. Um, do as much research as you can. Uh, figure out uh, what licenses and uh, things that you need to be able to do it legally. Because I know everyone wants to start a business, but you want to make sure that you're doing things the right way. Because uh, when it comes time to doing your taxes, you want to make sure all those things are also squared away. So, yeah. You, you yeah. gave the answer. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you, de you definitely, you definitely um, got, I think most importantly, you just got to start somewhere, right? Is mm -hmm. not, not like finding creative ways to not give yourself that analysis paralysis and just freezing off of, oh, I got so much to learn. Well, should I ask this first? Should I find this out first? Should I find that out first? Should I talk to this person first? It's more so just kind of like getting started, just like, just do and then fix it later. Just create it and fix it later. Um, so for you, did you start off like YouTube and videos or is your style of researching more like 
um, word-based articles and just kind of like reading it in between the lines? What, what, what kind of learning style do you have? Mine's is reading. I do like a lot of reading, reading between mm. the lines. Um, I do a little bit of the YouTube, but not too much. Uh, but it's, it's pretty much doing a lot of reading. And then also one thing that I've learned like with entrepreneurship is that in the beginning, I used to be very afraid of doing things because I, I, I wanted to be a perfectionist. And I'm like, no, I can't start my company because I don't have the right bottles. I don't have the right labels. Honestly, like when I literally started at season, I used to sell my seasoning in Ziploc bags. Mm. And at first I was like, nobody's going to buy this. Like it's in a little Ziploc bags. My labels were janky. They, were, they weren't waterproof or anything like that. Um, but I was giving it to like my friends and my family and they were buying it and they were like, no, this stuff is good. Um, so I would say start somewhere like it's mm-hmm. like you have enough time to make it better, but you still the first step is starting like just start. <laughs> so so, yeah, definitely just start. And man, that's interesting to hear about, like the the, the changes that you went through with your labeling, your packaging. How did you like when did you start investing into um you know, higher quality labels and, you know, better packaging, you know, when did you start investing into the brand as far as like improving the marketing and, and, you know, how people perceive the brand? Um, I would, I wouldn't, I don't want to say immediately, but at first it was something that I didn't share with the world. It was just something mm. that I share with my family and friends. But then when I wanted more people to learn about it, I was like, okay, well, I'm going to have to get a bottle because people are not going to take me seriously. Um, so I started small um, and I actually used to go to like Bed Bath and Beyond and they had like these clear uh, glass jars. And I think e- each jar was like $2 a piece. That's so expensive. But like, that's mm. what I did. I bought the, the little jars. I made the blends and I put them in the jars. And then the labels were just paper labels. In the beginning, I was printing them at home. Um, and then I was like, this is not working. I don't have that much ink in my printer. Like it's not the best, but it, people still liked it. The product was good. So, um, as time went on and I was making a little bit of like breaking even, I was like, Mm -hmm. let me just start investing more into my business. Um, investing more into my business meant that I had to get a second job. Um, I started working for Instacart and that was because I didn't want to take money from my nine to five and just solely throw it in my business. Cause I'm like, what if this doesn't work? So that's mm-hmm. why I got like a second gig. Um, and then all the money that I made from there, I was using it for like labeling. I was using it for, uh, buying more spices, buying more herbs and things like that. Supplies, grinders, and all those bunch of things. Um, so yeah. And then once I started doing that, I also noticed that my customers, the people that were there in the very beginning, they actually noticed that there was a difference and they appreciated it. Like, oh my gosh, like I remember when your bottles were so small. I remember when they're the little Ziplocs. Now they're, this is what they look like now, but they weren't always like that. Um, yeah. And people were like, oh my gosh, I still have like the original little Ziploc thing. Like that's crazy. Like, oh my gosh. And like yeah. that, like, yeah, that like literally brings tears to my eyes because I'm like, wow, that's amazing. People, people do appreciate, people really do appreciate the, um, the, the growth when they see the growth in Mm -hmm. brands that they support people that they support in general. And, um, I think that's something that I had to learn earlier on with creating the podcast as well. 
and even for all of our millionaires who will be listening, you know, tapping in, that's a huge lesson to, to, to take away from as well, because we, we obsess over the perfection of it. And we think that, okay, I have this vision for this brand. Like I'm sure when you envision is is season, it didn't look like the beginning stages, <laughs> right? No, but, <laughs> but sometimes we allow the obsession of the vision to stop us from even trying because like, I can't get it to look like this right away. And when you mentioned like people sharing with you, how much they notice the brand changing and they see the direction that it's going, they love, like they love that. And uh, my coach had to tell me that about the podcast. It's like, it's not about, you know, starting with five episodes a week and doing video production. It's just about doing maybe one or two episodes a week. And it's just only audio. And then if you start bringing YouTube, then people's like, oh, wow, he's got YouTube up there now. Oh, wow, he's starting to do more episodes a week. And so it's just the constant evolution of it. Uh, pretty much like our our, our, um, our youth, like when um, when we, I'm not sure if you have any goals of having any, you know, children, but just in general, just having children, you don't expect them to be born, knowing everything, being grown, like knowing how to start their own business. It's like they're an infant and we have to pour that into them. And then we watch them grow through right. all the life's lessons, all the mistakes, all the bumps and bruises, like all of that. And our business is the same way. It's just about treating the business the same exact way. Um, now, I saw something in your in your bio that you transitioned from tech to science. Tell, tell us a little bit more about that transition and, and what that looks like now. Yeah. So people always ask me that question. And I think the reason why you're asking is because you probably think it's like tech as an IT, but it's actually uh, research tech into mm. sciences, if that makes sense. So they're very similar um, in the sense that um, I work in a lab, but now mm. as a scientist, I just have like more responsibility, but I made that transition uh, actually this past year. Um, mm. And the reason I made that transition was because the first job that I got out of college, I worked there for five years. And while I really enjoyed what I was doing, I was going through uh, a lot in, in my life. I mean, with the pandemic, with a whole bunch of things just happening in my life during that time period. But I started to do a lot of personal development and growth through, like I joined this uh, mentorship program. Um, and I just basically like got into a point where I was just like putting all the work in, in my business, my personal life, and just making sure that I was doing what I needed to do for myself. And I was in a place that I felt like I was no longer being valued um, I was in a place where I felt like I was no longer growing. Um, so I had to like quit the company to say the least. Um, wasn't on bad terms or anything, but like it was just the fact that I got to a point in my life where I said that if I'm in a situation, I have to be growing and learning from it. And I felt like I was at like the top, like I was no, it wasn't going up. The curve wasn't going up anymore. So I needed mm -hmm. to find something that was going to challenge me more and allow me to research more and do the things that I enjoy doing. So then I made the transition at a different company as a scientist to, um, and I'm still able to do what I want to do, but I'm, I'm challenged now. Like, I feel like I go to work and I feel like I'm in school because I'm constantly learning. Like, mm. and I like that. So mm -hmm. I love it. Yeah. That that's amazing. Do you, um, how do you, how do you feel like that transition has influenced um, it's season, you know, it, it, at any bit, if it has, I know oh, that yeah. this is something that's more recent, but that do you feel like the transition to kind of like, it's 
maybe changing the way you think about the direction of its season, you know, changing how you want to do certain things. How has that had influence taken, um, taken, taken shape? I think the experience within itself changed me. And I think the reason for that is before I was a little bit more timid um, and like not very vocal about how I feel, but I mm -hmm. realized that in order to get things out of life, you have to be willing to speak up for yourself. If you don't speak up for yourself, people are going to speak for you. Um, mm -hmm. So that's something that I had to learn in my personal life and through like the mentorships and things that I've been in. Um, and just basically, if you want something, you have to go and get it. And that's what this experience um, has taught me, especially with like the extensive interviewing process that I had to go through. So like now in my business, I'm not afraid to reach out to people and acts about like partnerships um, and to figure out where they're having pop-ups and just like, you know, I'm a small business owner. Like if you know anyone um, that is interested in like uh, supporting small businesses, this is my contact information. Like, I'm not afraid of doing that. Before I was a little bit like, no, I don't wanna ask for help. Now I'm asking, a closed mm -hmm. mouth does not get fed. Like, so I would say definitely that. Like I'm a little, I'm definitely more confident um, and I'm not afraid to put myself out there like I was before. So that was mm. like a very life-changing experience to say the least. So that's, that's amazing. That's amazing. I would say that moment for me looked like um, right after I joined my fraternity and, and like my sophomore year of college, they kind of put like constantly made me do things that I wouldn't have probably done by myself. Like, running for Mr. Cheney or running for like some type of student office. And that kind of was my experience that kind of made me step out of this introvertedness shell. <laughs> and now in the middle of like closer to like ambiverted um, or omnivert type of type of situation. Um, do you feel like, actually, I'm, I'm curious to know this, to know this answer. If you, if the previous opportunity that you were at, Mm -hmm. If they if the options were to leave or if they were able to increase your salary substantially, do you think that you would have stayed, you know, still kind of if, if nothing else changed, just the salary? Nope. Money wouldn't be enough to keep me there. I okay. When I tell you, like, I was going through like a shift in my life, like with mm -hmm. personal things, financial things, like family things that like this, like me transitioning from that job and also transitioning from a lot of other things, um, it was necessary. So it doesn't matter. I mean, maybe in the time period, like if that was presented to me, like, oh, we're going to increase your salary. I might've thought about it, but I don't think that I would have stayed there that much longer. Mm, that's big. Yeah. I don't think that's big for there. a lot of people. Cause mm. you know, when I was having this conversation, um, with a, a few of my friends, it was like a little debate at first. And it, it, it's kind of like, we have this ideal that a part of being a responsible adult is, you know, sacrificing our happiness for, you know, paying bills, you know, buying a house, you know, finding a, a partner, you know, and all of these things may come with the, the territory of adulting, but I don't necessarily find it as true responsibility. I think the true responsibility is being able to do all of those things, but still find happiness in those things. And so for you, it sounds like, you know, at that position, you just realized that there was now um, 
a fork in the road and one of two things one one thing had to happen you either had to leave or this place gave you more opportunity more growth you know more challenge and it didn't seem like it it did so you had to move on and find that challenge somewhere else Right, right um and so I'm not sure if this was the situation, but let's say the new opportunity does pay less. How do you, because I, I, I would still think that you would probably still go with the second opportunity, but how do you prepare yourself for others? Right? This is talking to the people at this point, for others who may be faced with that same same scenario coming soon, You know, having to leave a situation where they don't feel valued. And maybe having to take uh, on to a position that pays a little bit less. How do you prepare yourself for a transition like that? How do you prepare yourself mentally and even, you know, spiritually, right? Because that could play a toll on you know, your mental and spiritual well-being, too. How do you prepare yourself for, for a transition like that? That's a very great question. And actually, that's something that I considered. I um, left my job and did not sign an offer letter to the current position that I'm at when I left. I was mm. fully prepared and I was, I was okay. I was like, if I leave here, I'm okay for the next 11 to 12 months without having no income with what I had saved up and like my retirement plan and all of those things. So I was mm-hmm. fully prepared for that. I just had, I knew I had to get out, but I would say to someone who has, who's facing that dilemma, if you're going into a situation that is not paying you as much, I would say, just try it out. Try it out. And mm-hmm. if you feel at like, if you feel at peace at that place, if you are happy, if you feel like you're able to grow and there's opportunities to grow, just try it out. But with the way gas prices and things are right now, you got to make sure your finances are in order before you leave somewhere that is giving you um, enough money to live comfortably to go into mm-hmm. somewhere that's going to put you in a deficit. So you got to You got to weigh your options out. But mm-hmm. I was fully okay with not working and then just doing um, my uh, business and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, I would just say that you have, you have to know, you have to know like what your numbers are and what your current situation is, but don't be afraid to take that leap because these companies, they don't care about us. They really don't like, we're just, we're just a number. So like we have to be willing to use our voice and we have to be willing to advocate for ourselves. Um, and if you believe that you at a current position now, and you believe that you deserve a raise and things like that, and you're doing what you're supposed to do, don't be afraid to ask for it. Yeah, you can't, you can't be afraid. Like you said, no. uh, several times, closed mouths don't get fed. They don't. And so <laughs> it, it sounds like you really have to, when you, once you have the feeling of being undervalued at a, at a, at a place, it's now planning that exit strategy. What does the exit strategy look like? What finances do you have to have secure? Like you saying 11 to 12 months, that's amazing. Like that is amazing. I probably would have shot for three to six months max, (laughs) right? Before I'm like, all right, I'm just gonna have to make something shake. But I I think what I'm saying is the the more you can secure yourself, just like if this job right now, people stay at a job because it provides a level of security. So if you can just kind of create that security for yourself for, you know, three, six, 12 months, you know, that will allow you to go into any opportunity with an open mind, you know, to see what can work. But if you just kind of like burn those bridges, you know, quit without the two weeks notice and just kind of just stop showing up, you know, and you could be even still showing up and not showing up. Right. Like just totally not present 
at all because you felt like I'm done with this place. When you do it that way and you just kind of impulsively, you know, move into the next position, I think those situations are what traumatize people into not making leaps of faith and jumps in the future of just, oh, man, I, I left this job that was giving me all the security and, you know, I started entrepreneurship or I went to this other job and I don't have any funds. I can't take care of myself. And we put ourselves in this un, uh, this voluntary high level of stress. Right. And that's that's not beneficial at all. Stress really um, plays a huge part in our in our performance. So um, switching gears a little bit, because I do want to, again, congratulate you on all the amazing things you've accomplished with its season. Uh, you are now in uh, a storefront in the mall. Tell us a little bit about that and, you know, what the process was even like building up to that accomplishment. Right. Okay. So um, it's season is currently in Willow Grove Mall by way of the Philly Shared Store. And basically the Philly Shared Store is a store um, in Willow Grove Mall where these two um, young women decided that they wanted to provide a space for uh, business owners that are in the Philly and the Philadelphia area to showcase their uh, products and whatever they make um, to customers and to give us basically more traffic than what we currently have. Um, so essentially getting the, this wasn't the first place that I actually got into the first, uh, storefront that I got into was someplace called Northbrook marketplace in Westchester, Pennsylvania. It's like on a farm. Mm -hmm. Um, but essentially in terms of getting into the store, um, I had to make sure that I had like, uh, like for the first place I had to have like business insurance. I had to make sure that I was serve safe certified, basically all the licenses that you need to have a business just to make sure that you're legit to get into the first place. The Philly shared one was kind of like, there was someone else that I knew that, uh, was at the store. I don't know them personally, but I followed them on Instagram. I was like, Oh, this is so cool. How did you get in? Um, so basically it's, uh, they have an application process that you have to go through. Um, and they like to have different businesses. So they don't want to have like a gazillion and one of the same type of uh, businesses there at the same time, because they, they switch out the businesses on a month to month basis. So everyone can get an opportunity. I've actually been in there for two months, which I've been very blessed um, to have that opportunity. Um, and uh, a lot of people actually enjoy the blends that I offer because not that many people have a seasoning companies at the store. So that was a plus mm -hmm. for me, but essentially I reached out to them um, and I asked them, well, I have a small business. Like, how do I get into uh, your storefront? Um, they sent me the application. I didn't get in the first time because like the spots fill up like wildfire, like very quickly. Um, mm -hmm. But they said, they told me to apply again um, and see what happened. And I applied again. Um, and then after a few days I was accepted. And then they, they send you over like a contract. Um, if you agree to that, like, there's like this very lengthy contract basically stating like what it is that what your products are and what it means to be an affiliate of Philly Shared. Uh, they talk about like the commission process and how you get paid, how they get paid and things of that sort. And you agree to the terms and then they set up a day for you to go in to bring your products and uh, uh, your inventory and things like that. So, so mm. far it's been, it's been amazing, honestly. Wow. That, that, yeah, that's, that's <laughs> good. That's good to hear. What is the what does the production look like on your end to, you know, being, being able to provide the inventory for a storefront 
um, and even what it may look like for you to get into other storefronts if that's, you know, something that's on the table as well. Yeah. So initially I used to do like the seasoning blends. So I produced all the seasoning blends. Like it, at first I started out in my home, but then when I had to get like legit, I had to start doing it out of like a commercial kitchen. But mm-hmm. essentially what I like to do is I like to create things in batches. Um, so I started, I think I sent over about like 50 uh, seasoning blends. They don't have that many left, but uh the people at Philly shared will basically reach out to me and they will send me a picture of my shelf space. And like, you're running low, like you might want to, you know, give us some more seasoning. So that way when people come, um, they are able to purchase. But in terms of like my website, what I like to do, I like to keep it uh, very stocked, but I noticed that when I have email campaigns, when I send out emails is when I have like a lot of people that order. So when I know that I'm going to send out an email campaign, I know, to make more than what I anticipate. So, cause that's when people generally buy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I like the process of batching. Um, I even batch things myself. Like when it comes to content and creating content, I, I batch the content. Um, how, how has batching, you know, been working for you? Do you batch pretty much like once a week, once a month, and you like really spend like a whole day? What is that? What is that process oh, yeah. like? Yeah, it definitely, it, it's usually on a Saturday. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I batch, I batch when I'm going to make my blends. And also I have like Haitian peak leaves and apis, which, um, one is a spicy pepper blend. And then the other one is like a seasoning base, but those particular things I have to batch because I only do them by pre-orders and those typically happen once a month. So what I do is I'll send out an email saying that I'm going to be taking pre-orders for this. So then based off of the numbers that I get, like of people that want to purchase, that's mm-hmm. when I go and buy the ingredients to make it for like, those specific customers. Yeah. And then I just make a little bit more just in case there's some people that didn't get a chance to pre-order. And then when it comes time to like uh, sending them their order, if I have like five left, then that's when I'll start like putting on my Instagram story. Like, AP, like I'll start promoting, we got AP Slack guy, we got Haitian Peakley's. If you're interested, um, head to our website and you can purchase them because those, those particular products, the shelf life on them is much shorter than it is for the seasoning blend. So like, that's why mm-hmm. I do it in like a pre-order fashion. Mm-hmm. So that makes, that makes a lot of sense. You, you definitely, it definitely sounds like you've been doing this for, for a while and <laughs> you are definitely learning, you know, different ways to, you know, to make it work for, for yourself and your schedule uh, back to like the, the batching, how has, how has the effects of batching really kind of made, you know, entrepreneurship much more, um, I don't want to use the word easier for you, but yeah. where you can still enjoy your time, you know, you can still enjoy your time mm-hmm. while being an entrepreneur, like not solely through, but through batching uh, very much. So it makes it possible. So talk, talk about that experience and how it's been able to kind of help you free up some time and just some things that, you know, you've been able to do from batching. It has helped me tremendously because let me tell you, in the very beginning, what I used to do is I would wait till I get an order through my website and then I'm like, okay, so this is what the order is. Now let me go make it. Mm. No, because I had a whole bunch of other things that I had to do. I wasn't, I'm not just doing my business. I also have a social life. I also work a nine to five. There's, there's a whole bunch of other things that's going on. So when I actually started batching a lot was when I started doing a lot of pop-up shops And I knew when the pop-up shops were ahead of time. So what I would do is I would set out a weekend for me to make all the blends that I wanted to sell for at the pop-up shop and then make more for my website. And then 
when I do that, I would go on my website and I would change the inventory number so that they match what I physically had on hand. So that way, when someone places an order, it's not like they have to wait five days for me to process it. If I have it, if I already made it, then that means I have it. So then once you place the order, I'll process your order and send it off. So it has not only made my life easier in terms of like freeing up time on my schedule to do things, but it has also made like the shipping times quicker because like Mm -hmm. it's already prepared. It's not like I have to go and I have to make the blend. No, if I say I have it on my website, it's because I do. And now I'm just waiting for you to place your order. So then I can then get the order out to you. So Mm. tremendous, tremendous. Like I, I think the importance of batching is more so of the sense it calls, it forces you to plan ahead. Um, so that way, you know what your schedule looks like. So now you freed up time and you're not just doing things on the fly. Like you already thought ahead and you are prepared, like get ready. So you don't have to be prepared. So you don't have to get ready, essentially. Like, right. Stay ready. You never have to get ready. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Stay yeah. ready. So you never have to get ready. Absolutely. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it really sounds like batching mm-hmm. gives you the space to be more of an entrepreneur and a CEO than not. Because, you know, before the process of getting an order, processing it, making the order. Right. Mm-hmm. At that point, you, you might as well just work at Chipotle. Right. You right, work right. on a you know, work on a factory line because that's essentially how it goes. And, you know, you don't I, I'm sure you didn't create a season to create another job for yourself. No, more, more. It was more so creating a business for yourself. Right. So batching it, like you said, and, and planning ahead, you know, it allows you to just kind of think about the production of your business differently, you know, have time to still enjoy your social life, you know, enjoy, you know, family and, you know, just doing the things that you love. But most importantly, really just kind of put you in a space, even though you're still, you know, doing doing it yourself to a certain extent, you're still batching it, which is forcing you to think future. All right. And that's, I think that's the most important thing of an entrepreneur is creating ways to always be thinking future instead of sometimes we get stuck thinking in the moment and we do everything in the moment. And as an entrepreneur, that can, that could put you in a situation of being an entrepreneur, you know, <laughs> doing everything, doing everything yourself. And right. I don't know about you, Whitney, but I don't want to do everything myself when it comes right. to business. Absolutely. Um, so you also mentioned pop-up shops. Um, you know, how's, how's planning for pop-up, pop-up shops going for you? Do you, um, are you now like getting invites to do like do pop-up shops a little bit of both of invites and you know outreach what's that planning uh, process like for you it's a little bit of both it's a lot of like me reaching out but then what happens is when I go to some of these pop-ups I connect with other entrepreneurs um Mm -hmm. there's actually this one woman named Cassandra who is like a blessing um she I actually met her at the Germantown farmer's market and I was doing a pop-up shop there Um, And ever since we've connected, anytime she sees a pop-up shop opportunity, she literally sends me a message like, hey, here's one, like you might want to look into it. And I do the same for her. So I think the pop-up shops are very helpful because like it's a sense of community where there's other entrepreneurships who want to let people know what their business is and they want to sell their products. But like we're all entrepreneurs, so we understand what it's like. But yeah, entrepreneurship is definitely one of those things where you have to, have to, have to think ahead. Like you can't just be thinking about today, like what's going to happen a year from now, two years from now, three years from now, especially if you want to scale up and things like that. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. especially if you want to scale, 
I love yeah. that you <laughs> use the word scale. Uh, scaling yeah. is is definitely a product of planning ahead. Um, yeah. So what would you have if just knowing what you know now, your expectations versus the reality of <laughs> when you you know first started this season, how do they differ? What do they, what do they look like? Hmm. I honestly thought in the beginning that like, let me, let me use Instagram as an example. I thought that it wasn't going to be that time consuming. And that is a complete lie. It is very time consuming. Mm. Um, and I didn't think it was going to be that difficult to get uh, people to engage with my content. And that is also a lie. Um, that's just the reality of it. And mm-hmm. I had to like step back and realize that like, as a business owner, as an entrepreneur, that you are one person and you cannot expect to do everything yourself. Um, So it humbled me. I'll say that because I'm the type of person where I thought that, oh, I can do it. I'm not going to hire someone. I can do it. Like I'll figure it out. I'll go on YouTube. I'll figure it out. But I realized that like you, you spending time reinventing to reinventing the world, trying to learn something that someone who has so much expertise that could do it like this, you're better off paying, like paying someone to do something sometimes as opposed to trying to figure everything out like because I'm not good at everything and I'm okay with that but I think in the beginning I was trying to save money and trying to do everything myself and I think that that held me back on certain things Mm. and I think for the people that are listening like it's important to ask for help and also know that you're not good at everything and that's okay but surround yourself with people who are good at the things that you're not good at Mm -hmm. Like, Mm -hmm. so that way you're not sitting here, like stressing out how to do something when there's someone else who can, who can do it and you can just pay them to do it Mm -hmm. or they can teach you how to do it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And and I know exactly what you mean. And I was going to even, you know, compare it to, you know, what we're talking about today, which is, you know, seasonings and, you know, cooking and all that stuff. And when it comes to a meal, you know, it's we all look at the meal and like, oh, this meal is delicious, but we got to also look at the recipe and see that there are a ton of different ingredients that have to be put together to make that meal. So when it comes to the community that you speak about, you know, as, as whether it's other entrepreneurs, it's family members, just surrounding yourself with people who have a different ingredient than you, that's how you're able to kind of mold and form this meal that you have in mind for your business. You know, it's not, you know, you can't be the spice. You can't be, you know, the the actual protein. You can't be the sides. You can't be all the things that make up a meal. But if you have people around you that bring different ingredients and different pieces to the puzzle, you know, that's how you're, you know, able to prepare the meal a lot faster than you trying to do all those things yourself, uh, as you said, you know, again. Um, so at, we, we get ready to, you know, start wrapping things up. Whitney, it's been a pleasure, you know, having this conversation with you. I'm sure our millionaires are going to really get a lot of value and, and a lot of gain, uh, you know, just from this conversation. Before we, you know, wrap things up, I got um, another segment that I want to push off to you. Um, but before that, I have a couple more questions. And one of them is, you know, we talked about the expectation versus the reality. If you had to start over, um, what is one thing you probably would have done differently, um, knowing what you know now? One thing that I would have definitely done, um, I would have applied for uh, business credit in the beginning. Mm. 
um, instead of like overworking myself and getting uh, another job. Um, yeah, so I would applied for business, like applied for business credit, worked on getting my credit through like trade lines and things like that. Um, I would have probably um, hired someone to do like my social media or someone to assist with marketing. Um, I would have gotten a photographer instead of trying to do everything on my phone in the beginning. Um, and I would have, I would have went to more like seminars um, and more uh, conferences where there are other entrepreneurs around um, just to speak to people and get their insight on what their journey has been like. Um, just, just to soak in a whole bunch of knowledge and learn like of mistakes that they made and things that they would have done better um, and things like that. Yeah. I, mm. I, the major thing would be me not trying to, to do everything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Outsourcing. Yes. Outsourcing. Absolutely. Definitely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of us, the first, the, cause the first thing, you know, that I, that I heard was, you know, the business funding and I would, I would push that on, you know, everyone, you know, looking to start a business as they are in the developmental phases of that business. Don't, a part of that development is also developing your personal credit so that you can qualify for business funding and just start right ahead with, you know, that, that business funding so that you can, again, going back to that before you leave this job, you know, making sure you have your finances secure. It's the same thing with your business. If you, you know, start a business, but you have to fund it through your personal funds that also have to support your lifestyle, then that could put you in a situation to where you are making sacrifices that you probably don't want to make. Mm-hmm. Now, sacrifices are good. And I do want to ask you, uh, you know, about what sacrifices that you have to make, uh, have to make and, you know, what you kind of benefited from, but some sacrifices like not paying rent, right? That's not a sacrifice you want to make. No, <laughs> just, to, just, to, just to play your business. You don't want to make that sacrifice, but sacrifice is important. So again, you know, Whitney, for you, uh, what was like a, a major sacrifice that you had to make, you know, especially in the beginning stages of, you know, starting your business? Um, and, and how how are you now seeing the benefits of that sacrifice? I would say in the very, very beginning of me starting my business, I didn't travel as much. I love to travel. Um, but mm. I just couldn't afford it because I can't not have, I can't have a second job and I'm working there on weekends. And then I'm working there sometimes when during the week and then I'm starting my business. So that was one of the sacrifices that sleep is one thing that I've sacrificed. Um, I would say that's a major thing, but I'm learning now that like sleep is something that is very important. Mm. So I make sure that I'm just waking up earlier to get the things so I can get all the things that I need to get done. So uh, I would say going out with friends a lot in the beginning was something that I didn't do because it's just like, I just don't have the time to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, what else did I sacrifice? It could, I think it, it could also sacrifice uh, relationships and friendships without us even knowing it. And it's mm-hmm. not saying that things have to go sour. It's just that like when you're so busy and you don't really have time to engage in things that are not helping you grow and flourish, then they kind of just get put on the back burner yeah and and sometimes you know depending on how strong that friendship and that relationship was they do find themselves back you know you have we all have those friends that you know you you don't talk to at all but you see them in public or you might come across a phone call with them and it's like y'all talking 
for an hour catching up and it's like y'all never even parted ways like right you know that that you have those 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 relationships all the time and sounds like the biggest sacrifice that you made was just time you know <laughs> sleep you know not being able to travel and I do see you travel a lot so yeah. I bet that was tough you know sacrificing you know traveling and you know being able to hang out with friends that bring us up such good vibes and good energy you know all that is, is a sacrifice it comes with the territory of you know, becoming a new parent <laughs> and that parent, I mean, and that child being your business. Right. Um, <laughs> right. So uh, as we switching gears a little bit, Whitney, uh, I again, want to appreciate you and, and, and show my gratitude for you joining us today, you know, taking time out of your Saturday morning to just, you know, be here with us and to just share your experiences and, you know, your journey. And, you know, it's been a pleasure hearing from you. So we're going to switch gears a little bit. And this next segment is called rapid fire. So this <laughs> Actually, um, I got five random cards that they have nothing to do with any of the conversation that we did. And this okay. is brought to you by Poddex. Okay. So nothing to do with seasoning, nothing to do with entrepreneurship, nothing to do with okay. our conversation at all. But the best advice I can give you is to just be brief, be brilliant, but most importantly, have fun. Um, okay. So if you can answer uh, any of the questions in one word or one sentence, that'd be awesome. All right. So the first one is, what is your most treasured possession? My brain. Oh, that's a powerful one. Your brain is your most treasured possession. Okay. If you were um if you were to die tomorrow, what little thing would you regret not doing? I wouldn't have any regrets. No regrets. No regrets. No, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. <laughs> All right. Who is your favorite hero of fiction? Ooh. I don't think I have a fiction. I don't think I have one. All right, we're going to skip that one. This this one is, is cool. Um, what do you consider your greatest achievement? Being true to myself. Mm. Being true to yourself. That's a very good achievement, you know, because it does that. That is actually a process that people have to go through, you know, mm -hmm. that process of self-identification and, you know, moving towards the things that you identify with. I think that's a big one. I love it. I love it. So this next one, okay. number four, is if you had to delete all but three apps from your smartphones, which ones would you keep? I would keep uh, the Wix app. I would keep uh, the Robin Hood app, and then I would also keep the uh, my Audible app. I think our two two of the three apps are about the same, so I gotta have that Wix app on my phone, yeah. and I gotta have Audible. I'm not I'm not on Robin Hood. I have um, I use M1 for for my stocks, but okay. I, I see the trend here. You know, money education and business <laughs> that's where you say that okay yeah, yeah. i feel that yeah. i feel that number number five last one what what characteristics or what characteristic are you most known for nurture i'm i'm nurture mm. i don't even know how to say the word i'm very like nurturing high. nurturing yes mm. so so you are the person that is like making sure that every, like, if you were a host, you make sure everybody's having a good time, you know, you're making sure people are taken care of. Yes. Um, those types of characteristics. Yes. 
Awesome. Awesome. And I, I could definitely see that. I mean, you are one of the, no, you are the only person that I know with a seasoning brand. So, oh, wow. I mean, so like home cooked meals, that gives me very yep. nurturing vibes. So <laughs> that's cool. That's cool. Yep. All right. So I appreciate you. We get ready to move on to our last few questions of, okay. uh, of the conversation. And this one is just to, for us to have a little bit more fun as well. I like to always ask this question at the end, and this is an opportunity for you to um, give our millionaires something to think about. And it's a red pill, blue pill scenario. So um, (laughs) I'm not I'm actually not asking the question. I'm going to ask you to give us a blue pill, red pill scenario. Uh, And then what I'll do is I'm going to take it on the polls. I'll put it in our mastermind Facebook uh, group, have people vote on which pill that they'll take. And I'll also put it up on Spotify as well. So if you could think of any red pill, blue pill scenario, what, what, what would it be? Okay. So would you rather have a million dollars or would you rather do what you love and enjoy to do? And you have the opportunity to make a million dollars within the year. So would you rather have a million dollars handed to you right now? Or would you rather be given the opportunity to do whatever it is that you want to do and potentially make a million dollars per year? It's not guaranteed, but it's potential. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, the potential. It's the potential. So yeah. Um, so the red pill is whatever you are doing right now in this moment, you can be handed a million dollars cash. And the yes. blue pill is you can now do whatever you want, whatever you love to do, whatever you're moved to do. And potentially make a million dollars from that in a year. Yeah. What would you choose? Okay. I'm I'm choosing the red pill. I'm taking that million dollars because I already feel like I'm doing what I love. So I'm taking that million dollars. I'm putting it right into this podcast. <laughs> I'm doing that. But yeah, for our millionaires, what would you choose? I'm going to put it out on the Facebook mastermind. I'm going to also put it on Spotify. So if you're listening to us on Spotify, you'll be able to vote. Uh, but if you are listening to us or watching us on YouTube, you can head right over to the Facebook mastermind group, which will be in the show notes below. You'll be able to vote on which pill you are taking. And me and Whitney would love to know, are you taking the red pill, which is getting that million dollars? Or are you taking the blue pill, which is the potential to earn a million dollars doing what you love? Which one are you picking? We would love to connect with y'all. So Whitney, it's been a pleasure uh, I appreciate you having, uh, you know, having the patience, having the grace, you know, having, you know, the experiences and being willing to share those experiences with us. Uh, I want you to, before you leave us, to imagine, you know, walking into, you know, uh, Philly Shared, you know, to restock your shelves and, you know, put some more it season on the shelves. And you walk past a spitting image of 18-year-old Whitney what would be some advice you would give to 18 year old self? I would tell her to focus on her goals, not relationships, not friendships, focus on her goals. Um, and to make sure to give herself grace, um, and to live life, like live life, focus on your goals um, and not necessarily worry about what other people are saying or what other people are doing, but stay true to you, your dreams, your goals, um, and don't be afraid to take that next step. That's what I would tell Man, you. 
I love I love that advice. You can't be afraid to take the next step. You, can, you know, and the, the craziest thing and the ironic thing about next steps is they are scary. Yes. And we just got to understand that the reason why they're scary is just because it's a space of unknown. It's a place we've never been before. Um, but that we shouldn't be afraid of going to those places because at the end of the day, you you knowing, you know, as much as any of us, Whitney, being a, a student, um, you know, a forever student and always learning that in those new places, that's where we typically learn the most from. So, you know, in any new place, I love that advice because in any new place, you take that as an opportunity to learn something new and get a new experience that you didn't have an opportunity of having before. So that's great advice. Well, Whitney, it's been a, it's been it's just amazing. It's just been an amazing conversation. I'm sure we're going to have, you know, some more conversations like this in the future. We'd love to have you back. I'm sure our millionaires would love to have you back as well. Before I let you go, I would love for you to share with us, you know, where we can find you, where we can find a season, you know, if you have any special events, you know, going on, any news that you're really excited to share. Now, you know, I want to give you the space to kind of plug yourself in and, and plug us into to you even more. Great. Okay. So you guys can find me on uh, Instagram at it's seasoned. Um, also, we are um, starting a TikTok channel, start trying to get hit to TikTok. Um, and it is also at it's seasoned and also on our website, which is www.itseasoned.com. Um, and we have a lot of things in store right now nothing that I'm um, going to share with you guys, but if you guys want to um, be on the journey with its season and see what we're doing, uh, please, the best way to find us is uh, through Instagram. If you're interested in getting a free uh, sample of our blends, feel free to DM us and let us know, and I will get that out to you. Um, so yeah, um, I hope to see you guys again. Uh, thank you so much, Kai, for um, this opportunity. Um, I feel honored um, and I'm so excited. Uh, so yeah, I hope you guys have an amazing day. Um, and I hope that you guys uh, got from this podcast to basically stay true to yourself and not be afraid to take the next step. Um, and you got this. So go for it. So. You you got it. Absolutely. It's been a pleasure, Whitney. And um, I mean, man, since you since you offered, I was I, I was actually just thinking about re re-upping on some Cajun seasoning. I was looking at that Cajun seasoning you got on the website. Got you. It, if you can send me a sample of that, yeah. If you send me a sample of that, I'm going. I'm going to make sure I take care. I'll send you. I'll send you a donation straight to your phone. But I will get you all the information that you need to send me some of that Cajun seasoning. Man, I love Cajun. Okay. Absolutely. Make me some Cajun salmon over the weekend. Hey. Maybe. <laughs> Yeah. So, all right, Whitney, it's been a pleasure having you. I can't uh, stress enough, you know, how appreciative I am, you know, not just for myself, but also just to pre I'm showing that gratitude, you know, from the millionaires. Cause when people tap into this and people hear this episode, I I'm sure that they're going to, you know, relate a lot to your story, you know, what you've, you know, some of the things that you've been through, uh, some of the experiences that you might've had and, you know, somebody's going to take that and they're going to run with it and they're going to, you know, start their, their next brand and, you know, make that next leap of faith. You know, I feel a little bit more comfortable now making that leap of faith, just kind of tapping in to this episode. So I'm showing much appreciation to you Thanks for, you know, tapping in with us and joining us on a weekend. Um, and as always, I'm super thankful to have you all, you know, millionaires join us week in, week out, being a part of the show, showing me the love and engaging with me on the Facebook mastermind on Instagram. Sometimes I even see some of y'all in person, which has been a, 
like a blessing just you know having some people stop me and say hey i listened to your show or i've even had someone say your voice sounds very familiar and <laughs> us discovering that they listen to the show like these things are amazing experiences for me so you know i appreciate you all for tapping in and joining us and thank you in advance for becoming the millionaires and the change agents that you're bound to become especially as you apply some of the principles that you heard here today so again if you relate or if you really just enjoyed this episode, you know, you can definitely make sure you connect with, you know, Whitney, um, you know, and engage with her, you know, feel free to connect, collaborate, you know, it's all about community. But also, if you're looking for some some seasoning, some some spice blends that are made and created with you in mind that we are, we heard the story of how it season came, you know, came about. So if you are looking to get some of those seasons that, that, that have your health and have your well-being in mind, definitely head on over to the website and grab you some It Season. I'll make sure I'll put the, the, the website in the show notes as well. So as you guys are listening to this, go ahead down to the show notes, click that link in the show notes on YouTube, wherever you're listening to this on your podcast app and head on over to It Season and get you some seasoning because we love to cook and we love to eat. Right. Right. We, may, we may not all like to cook, but we love to eat. So if you love to eat, whoever is cooking the meals for you, get it for them as a gift because you're going to be eating that food as well and enjoying it. So I'm your guy, Kai Speaks. You just heard it from Whitney Frederick on, you know, putting your brands and putting your products in front of more people. Just remember to keep focus, build momentum and drive results so you can live abundantly. Peace. Mm-hmm.